Welcome to the Healing Trauma as a Christian Mama podcast. My name is Danielle Elizabeth, also known as the Holistic Christian, and here we dive into emotional healing and trauma recovery from a Christian perspective, also integrating psychology and trauma modalities to support your healing and growth. I know that you might be in a hard place, and so I am so thankful that you are here. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello. On today's episode, I want to introduce you to your coach. And you might think that my answer is going to be me or your therapist or some books or some resources. But in reality, I believe who I'm going to introduce you to is the only sustainable coach and guide that we can have. And it is Jesus. And depending on your relationship with Jesus or your beliefs about him and what he can do, this might resonate with you in different ways. But I want to read to you something that I read in a textbook in a spiritual formation class that I'm in. And the chapter is all about brokenness and how the root of all our dysfunctional behavior and all the things that we're struggling with on a mental health level, um, on a recovery level, is all rooted in deep wounding. And he puts it in such a great way and that's why I want to read it to you because it puts my thoughts into such a um, tangible way for you to take with you. So I'll read it to you and then we can unpack it a little bit more. It says, Jesus, our broken friend and brother, has provided a way to healing. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can respond to past, present, and future wounding, as he did. It's experiencing the healing power of God in the places places of deepest pain. How? You must follow the steps of Gethsemane. First, always take your pain to the Father. God alone holds the power to set you free from the effects of deep wounding. Counseling can be helpful but God alone heals. While conversations with a professional may bring some relief, talking honestly to God is transforming. When remembering the past hurt or dealing with present wounding, let prayer be the first place you go and the place you stay the longest. You may want some friends to be there for support, but God alone holds the answers. And why I read that and why I feel like this resonated with the concept of Jesus being the coach and your coach is because I truly do believe that there are so many wonderful resources with counseling, with coaching, with resources, even in the, in terms of books and podcasts and There's so much great stuff here on earth, but 
it's almost like it's limited or it hits a ceiling. It can only go so far. And I truly believe not just because of different knowledge that I have, but from my personal experience as well, that for lasting and sustainable change and change that penetrates through all the surface level, um, even behaviors um, that we have, but to like actually get into the, the core wounds, we need a supernatural power that, that Jesus can provide. And my counselor said it so perfectly um, when I first met her. She was like, you know, Jesus has this healing ointment that nowhere else can give you. And, you know, there's a lot of, and I don't want to even, I don't even want to call any secular resources band-aids because I don't believe they are. I believe they actually are helpful and can be helpful. Um, but it is a, a completely different type of healing ointment that Jesus brings into your wounds that um, heals from just like the inside out and it is done in this safe relationship as well and so it's kind of the second piece of this that I want to introduce you to um, and invite you to create this for yourself but it's creating a safe base that you and Jesus create together to um, have this space where you go to do healing work with him. Um, I'm going to introduce you to my safe base, but I want you to remember as I sh show you, which a very elaborate safe base, um, and that's just how my brain works. I get very creative, and this is just what I needed in my healing journey. Yours does not have to be this elaborate. Um, and the other thing is it actually doesn't have to be anything like mine. I think that because God created us all so differently, we're going to create this space completely differently. And that is actually so awesome. And so I encourage you, if you're going to try and, um, create this, this kind of mental space with Jesus of where you can go and do this this healing work, um, that it is something that is so personal to you, that it is something that is just so, um, speaks to your, your way of operating and working and how you, how you process things. Um, and so I do want to end this episode with sharing my safe base with you. Um, however, I just want you to go into listening to that knowing that this is just one way, one person's way of doing this and that you need to find your own way to do this because that is what's going to um, carry you through. It's going to make you want to actually utilize this kind of tool um, because you're going to be so connected to it. And you're likely not going to be as connected to mine, even though it can give you some of an idea of what this could look like. Um, and I think that's good. Um, take that and run with it and make it your own is um, definitely something I encourage um, anyone to do in terms of 
creating a safe base. But um, that is just kind of what I want you to start. I encourage you, sorry, to start looking at your healing journey and recovery journey is that all these earthly resources are amazing. They are great. So I am not minimizing them. I am not discounting them. Um, but they all come through the filter of what Jesus is doing and what he can do. And they actually come in to support what he can do and will do. Um, because if you think about it, um, if we have our hope in all of these kind of like earthly resources, even though they're great, um, it, a, it puts a lot of pressure on them, right? Like it puts a lot of pressure on, you know, a counselor or these books or a program or a course or a whatever you're, you're utilizing. Whereas when the hope is in Jesus, all of these other resources almost like lift that up and help, and just like kind of complement it. Um, and that's kind of how I see the role in my own experience is that, you know, Jesus is, is the, the counselor and the guide. And yes, I utilize a number of resources here on earth because I live on this earth and I need practical, tangible things. And so do you. So none of that is wrong. Um, however, um, inviting Jesus into this process giving him the reins as like the coach and the, the, you know, the, the counselor, the, the wisdom giver, the healer, the, oh man, I could go on and on and on with all the roles he could play in this. Um, there's so much more hope in that. Um, I think personally, and I hope you do too. Um, and I hope that this encourages you to also, if you can't access all of the earthly resources. Maybe you can't afford a, a counselor or a therapist that can really help you right now. Um, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by all the resources that are out there. Um, there's also kind of this relief that like, hey, I have access for free to Jesus and, and you know, he will even come into that and be able to lead me to earthly resources that maybe fit within the either capacity I have right now, the financial areas that I um, have right now and whatever that looks like. Um, but just allowing him to lead that having this almost this filter where everything leads through him um, is not only just hopeful, but what will create this like lasting change that that goes with you wherever you are right like maybe you do have a great counselor but something happens and you can't see them for a little bit or even they you know let's say they just shut down their practice and retire or something like that that you have no control over there's so many things that um you know we we don't realize we're putting our hope in and then that changes or gets taken away and then we feel like the rug's been pulled out under us when we have Jesus in the driver's seat of this, um, you know, those things, then the weight isn't so heavily burdened on all of those things. I hope that makes sense. Um, and so that is why I just love the kind of concept, I guess, of Jesus being the, your coach, because 
eventually, and the goal of a good therapist or counselor is to help you almost not need them anymore, right? Give you these skills and these tools and, and help you through the deepest part of the healing so that you are empowered to take this on yourself. And the, uh, the other like piece of having Jesus as the coach is that as you maybe move away from such intense earthly resources, you will be able to carry him with you. He will still come with you no matter what earthly resources are available to you at that time of your life. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to just leave you with what that safe base looks like um, for me in particular. And like I said, um, listen to it. Take what works for you. Take where you would, you know, what you would resonate with, um, but really just take it and run with it. Make it your own, but create this space where you go to do this work with your coach. This week, we are talking about the tool to create a safe base. One of the most impactful things for me on my healing journey was creating this safe space with Jesus that I could do the work of healing. And I encourage you to create this with him because he knows what we need. And for me, I needed a lot of safety because I did not have a lot of emotionally safe people in my life. And so what this turned into for me was like this fortress, this like protective place that I could go where I was safe to feel all my feelings, to process all of my feelings and emotions and unpack um, emotional wounds from the past that needed this healing ointment of Jesus, but I didn't have this safe space to do that. So of course this tool is more of a mental tool and it really works with the concepts of visualization and kind of meditating with Jesus and, and different things. And so what I want to share with you today is what this safe base kind of has looked like and evolved for me to give you some ideas, but I really want to be careful of not giving you, you know, any guidelines or any rules about what this looks like. I think this is a hugely personal experience that you have with Jesus and that um, it is very, it will speak very much to what you need who you are as a person, what you, what works for you. And so please just take anything that I am saying as, um, you know, just a example of what this could look like, but I really, really encourage you to just, um, make this your own. So for me in my safe base, um, which started as this kind of fortress um, that was very focused on protecting me. 
um, turned into kind of this like palace now where it has lots of different rooms. And I go into these different rooms with Jesus when I need to do the different things that these rooms are kind of created for. And so um, I have all these rooms and I'm going to just share a little bit about each of these rooms for you so that I um, can give you a bit of an idea of what you might want to include in your safe base. So the first room I have that I generally start in is the needs room where I get kind of my needs met by God. But as this room kind of evolved, it became this, before I kind of go into this room mentally, I have this shame drain where I, before I can go get filled up by God, I need to drain the shame. And so um, if you have listened to my podcast before, I've done, I had done a past podcast on this that I'm going to include to give you a little bit more um, information about draining the shame and filling your needs. And then we will go to the next rooms. Drain your shame. What the heck does that look like? I'm probably pretty convinced that that's what you're thinking. And do you literally lay in front of a real drain? <laughs> no, but you could, I guess, if you'd like to like really, really embrace the idea here. The idea is that shame, shame is, shame is the message that tells you, you are bad. You are this. Whereas like comparatively to something like guilt, guilt's like you did something bad. Shame's like, no, 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 this is a character assassination. You are bad. You are horrible. You are stupid. You are like, I'm sure you could um, fill the blank in here because it's all so personal. Um, but what I have learned is that shame is a tyrant. Shame is like this like regime that is like this really awful army that like comes and takes over and when it's running the show, oh, it is so bad. Um, the opposite to that is grace and walking in grace and walking in God's grace. And so um, we're going to talk about that in the next hack. But um, today we're talking about draining that shame because those shameful messages are toxic. And if we don't get them out of our head, they will root in and I want you to kind of like imagine that like a tree, right? So like there's like the roots of a tree, then there's like the tree itself with like the trunk and then the leaves and all of that, right? When the more rooted they get and the more um, memories and situations that come about that reiterate that message of shame the stronger it gets. And the byproduct of all of that is these emotional warning signals that are what we struggle with on like a day-to-day -day basis. That's what we see because the roots are kind of like really in the unconscious level. Like we don't really like have like just access to them very easily. 
Um, you have to do some work to get those kind of like out. Um, but what we see on a um, level of consciousness is these warning signals that are like, you know, depression, anxiety, worry, you know, overwhelm, like, oh, you could like, just list every like bad thing and put that on that list. Like these are warning signals telling us that, hey, there's something deeper here um, that this is attached to. And so that's why it's not as simple as um, always taking a medication or, um, you know, using an essential oil or now none of those things are not going to help. They might help in a moment. They might help over a period of time or they might help because they're doing something to your brain or to how you're feeling to make you feel better. But the, unless you're actually dealing with the toxic root of shame, then you're really just um, masking it, putting something on, cutting off, you know, the tree halfway and it will just continue to grow. Or um, Dr. Caroline Leaf puts it in, and this is for any toxic thought, like you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, right? Like you're not actually dealing with it. And so um, what we need to do is we really need to deal with that shame. It's not going to go away or just automatically turn healthy by us just one day saying, okay, I'm not going to think like this. Okay, I'm not going to let this this message be told to me. Like I said, it's very, very deeply rooted. So the second step of this, of this like hack, this is kind of like a two-parter hack. Um, the second step of this is like we are going to do something else with that, but that is tomorrow's hack. But what we need to do first is we need to like drain it out because um, – we can't do the second step just on top of shame and think that that's going to help. You can't just like put something um, healthy on top of something unhealthy and think that it's going to just be like, oh, okay, now it's only healthy. Well, yeah, you might have some healthiness now mixed into it, but let's get rid of the unhealthiness and then just operate in healthiness. That's kind of like my goal in life, right? So on a daily basis, something I do is – you might think I'm a little crazy, but I think I'm willing to just be okay with that. Uh, but I, um, I like, especially if something has happened that is making me feel bad. Like, so let's say I've like had an encounter with someone who said something that's like triggered some shame message of like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm whether they, intended to or not, whether they really said it or like outwardly or not. Um, when you have these shame messages in you, they don't have, someone doesn't have to come and say, Hey, you're not enough. Someone just has to come and say, Oh, that's how you did it. Like, yeah, that's like not right. That's actually really bad. And like, Oh, oh that's how you like did the dishes. Like that's like, it can be as simple as that. Like someone just being like, oh, like I wouldn't have done them that way or, oh, that's not, I, that's like bad. That's a bad way to do it. And all of a sudden you're triggered. Like now 
why we're going to get rid of this and why it's so important to drain it is because if that wasn't there, someone's like, oh, hey, you shouldn't have put the dishes like that. I don't know why I'm using that example. I'm looking at a dishwasher probably. That's why. <laughs> um, but someone's like, oh, I wouldn't have done them like that. And you're like, oh, cool. That's how I did it though. And that's okay. But if you have a shame trigger or you have triggers down there, you're not going to, you're going to like fly off the handle. You're going to be offended. You're going to be hurt. And really this message of KC, you suck. You suck. You can't even do dishes, right? Like that comes up so quickly. And so that's why it's so important that we're going to drain it. So I have this like fictitious shame drain that I just kind of like lay in front of and let it visually <laughs> drain out of me. Wow. Saying this out loud, I'm like, ooh. You could expect some at some point in this podcast, men, very big men coming to take me away to a padded room. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just kind of like visualize like whether it's just like words or feelings or anything, just like drain into this drain. And it really for me is very powerful. It's a very helpful way for me to like get it out of like my body in a, in a sense, like in a visualization sense, I guess. The other thing I do is I do a lot of like journaling and writing letters and um, writing to God and writing to myself. And, um, and so what I've started doing also, because writing like especially physically writing you'll probably hear me say this like eight million times and you'll get so annoyed with me but writing physically with a pen and paper it actually like unlocks different parts of your brains and I have found that to be where I generally do most of my healing and most of like um I don't know just like unlocking things I just don't have access to like easily if I was gonna like think about something right now and then if I was gonna sit and write and and really work through something it's like it like brings things up into my conscious brain that like I just um don't think about on like a daily basis kind of thing and so um, I started like visually writing, drawing out a little drain and just like writing like things that um, come up of like, because usually I would say usually it's it's at this point for me very like more situationally um, based um, for a period of time. This is something I probably had to do on a daily basis because there was so much toxic shame in me. But now I would say like if I don't do it one day, I'm not like overridden by shame anymore um, because I am and have learned how to um, walk in grace. But does that mean that I am not um, like vulnerable to shame? No, I think that we probably all will be because, um, shame's a jerk. But, um, so yeah, so like I was going through something the other day and was feeling just really like crappy about myself, about, um, the whole situation. So I drew out this, this drain and I just started writing around it, like different things that were like, you know, what are the messages that I'm telling myself in this? Like, I'm telling myself I'm not good enough. I'm telling myself I'm not worthy. I'm telling myself, like, you know, all of these things. This is how I'm feeling. This is how the emotions that are coming up. So that is kind of like how I've learned to drain the shame. And, um, but that is not where we can, like, end. We have to do this next step because if we don't, now we've just like emptied it out. But really, 
it's it can just come right back because we haven't really filled that back up with um, good things. So we were talking about filling your needs and getting your needs filled by God and kind of how if we don't do that, we will start to try and fill them in bad ways or different ways, which might not always be like bad, like super like detrimental to your life, but are not the way it was intended. So core needs. Core needs are these needs that God has designed us to need. And so I would say like most psychological Christian counseling, all of all of the people, all of the smart people out there, um, most of them would say to be loved, valued, accepted, and to feel safe are kind of like the four key, key, key needs that we have. And then there's um, other people who elaborate on that. And so I have 10 that I um, learned from um, one of my counselors one time years ago. Um, and we need to be um, getting these met by our relationship with God because he designed it that he is the only one to meet them. And so we will meet them otherwise. So I'll just tell you what these what the 10 are. So um, to feel secure, to feel safe, to feel like you're forgiven, um, treated fairly, accepted, valued, significant, respected, unconditional love and truth. So when I go into this room, I really envision my kind of inner child being in this room and being comforted and loved on um, and filled up with all of these needs that I just talked about um, by Jesus. I kind of envision, you know, this little girl in his lap just um, being loved on. And um, if you do or know anything about kind of parts work and inner child work, um, this kind of brings that piece into it and it is super powerful. All right. So that was a pretty in-depth look at that room or component of my safe base um, where you drain that shame and fill those needs. The next area, that's one of my favorites and I probably spend one of the most amounts of time in is the kind of rest and recharge area. And um, I like to look at this as like a sanctuary, a spa, somewhere that's so relaxing. I kind of envision that I take off my battery pack of what keeps me going and hook it into or plug it into, you know, this supernatural power of Jesus. And I like refill my battery tanks while I'm in there resting. Um, and it, it, for me, this area is, um, you know, has water and um, is just this kind of sanctuary, really. Um, and it's where I kind of, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm meditating with Jesus or I'm just like kind of just trying to sit and connect with him, um, this, this is where I go. And then the next, um, these are kind of two rooms I, I envision, but I'll kind of talk about them in one. One is like um, a worship 
where I go and like when I'm worshiping him, when I'm praising him, when I'm glorifying him, when um, I have kind of a one day a week where I try and really focus on that. It's usually on Sundays because, you know, you're going to church and you're worshiping him with music and a lot of different, in a, a lot of different other ways with God, with God, but also, um, Sundays tend to be a day where I can like get a little bit of time by myself. And so, um, as I have that time, I usually try and kind of try and keep my mind in that, like worshiping and thankfulness, um, place and, kind of how I envision this room. And again, this is just such a personal thing, but how I envision this room is it's kind of like a throne room almost like it's like where God is God and Jesus and the Holy spirit are just like sitting on their thrones and I am kind of coming to them and worshiping them. Um, and then very similar to this room, I kind of look at it as a different room, but um, is this room of surrender and in kind of how I envision this room, it's um, it's got the cross on it, in it, sorry. And I kind of envision myself like sitting at the bottom of the cross. And, um, and it's where I really go when I need to like surrender and let things go. Um, it's also where I do a lot of my forgiveness work. And forgiveness, um, I really believe, has been one of the biggest things that have um, impacted my healing and has actually like moved me in my healing. Um, and so that's kind of where I do a lot of this work. Um, and then the last room is the workout room. And this is where I like do the work with God. Like when I am like wrestling with a person or um, when I was kind of deep in my healing work, this is where I would go and do a lot of like my homework um, and like from my therapy and like write and journal and, um, you know, as things came up and this is like where I do a lot of that work. Um, and so that's why I kind of called it the workout room. And I also, I do a lot of like really good mental processing and thinking when I am, uh, moving my body as well. So sometimes I feel like, um, as I'm on a run or something and I'm really like trying to process something or work something out with God, I kind of like feel like that's like me in my workout room. And sorry, I forgot one last room and this is such an important room. It's the freak out and love room. And this is where I go in when I have big feelings, big emotions that I need to let out in a safe space. Um, I envision sometimes that there's plates in there that I can just smash or things I can hit. Or um, this is where I can scream and yell and even get mad at God. And, you know, he can handle our, all our big emotions. We are the ones who struggle with, with them. Right. And so, um, yeah, the freaking love room. Don't want to forget that room. So that's kind of like a little bit of an overview of like what my safe base is, but what this tool is, is create your own safe base. Um, create it so that you have somewhere to go to do the work if you need to, especially if um, you're just 
physical day-to-day life is not very conducive to that, it can be so powerful to have this kind of like mental, spiritual um, place that you can go um, and utilize a lot of the skills and um, strategies and tools that um, a lot of like healing modalities use like visualization and meditation and um, and all of that but letting that be led um, and so consumed and intertwined with Jesus that um, it's all like working together and so that is my encouragement for you this week if you are um, working through things, healing, thinking about healing, um, this is a great place to start or just incorporate if um, you are already on this journey. Um, this is a great one to um, to start using and creating with Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope hope it resonated with you. I hope there were glimmers in there you can take and implement into your own healing journey. I leave every episode the same way, asking you this one important question that really, really helped me start to find the resources that I needed. And this is the question. Do you have the support you need for your healing and recovery journey? And if the answer is no, please reach out to someone who can guide you into finding what you need. Do not stay stuck. It is a lie that you need to stay stuck where you are. Healing is available to everybody and everybody has the capacity to heal. So ask yourself that question and be really real with yourself and reach out to anybody, including myself, if you need support finding the right resources and support that you need. Have a wonderful day and week, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week.